Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the Energy Captains podcast. Myself, Cam Lynch, and co-host Whitney Holtzman. Hello, Whitney. It's great to talk again. Hi, Cam. It's so great to talk to you as well. I went to Buck's training camp yesterday, and I had a smile on my face thinking of all the times that I used to see you there. And it's not the same without you on the field anymore, but I'm so happy that we're in this chapter and we get to do this podcast. I don't know how you feel, but for me, it's therapy. And you know, when we're off camera, there's so many of these issues that I bring to you to talk to you about. And I figure we should share some of those conversations with our listeners and, you know, so much has happened since we last recorded. So we both felt like it was time to hop on and, you know, talk about some important topics. Yeah, I'm excited to dive in. And I'm, one thing I am excited about, Wendy, is not to be in that heat, tackling people, running through linemen like that. That's not fun. So it's cool to see your social media posts and uh, you you back out there breaking some news every now and then with some of your videos. So it's really Why do cool, I keep but- doing that? Am I in the right place at the right time or am I in the wrong place at the right time? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, like you, you have an eye for for great moments, uh, whether they're unfortunate or they're great, like Tom Brady's trophy toss. So, uh, no, you have a skill at that. So keep doing it. I, appre- I appreciate that. And I think it's so funny because there's at all these events, there's a whole media section and I'm just out there do to do, you know, fan, you know, cheering people on like any regular person. So how do I keep getting this content over the media? I don't understand. Well, you're connected to Jill Beckman, so who's a social media manager at, at the Buccaneers, and Love she captures great content, too. So I'm sure your support there uh, has rubbed off on her as well and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when we're together, magic just happens. I, I think that's the key because she's such a special person. Um, and I remember when you decided to retire from football, you said to me, you know, I, when I became an agent, I was like, Cam, you pushed me to become an agent. Like the reason I am an agent is because you encouraged me to do this. So like, are you signing with me now? And you were like, I am tired. So at this moment with like football starting up again and you and your next chapter, no regrets, right? No regrets at all. And it's, it's nice because I'm able to serve the game in a different capacity, you know, working with Visa on the, this marketing program, uh, this former player program, it's been awesome. So I, I'm able to dive into the game a little bit. Um, Visa has a couple teams that I have to root for. I know the Giants and the Patriots are playing today, so I, I got to root for those teams. But the Bucks are always number one in the heart. Also, the Rams who got to show love to the other team as well. I was looking back at pictures of the bobblehead that I got you of you in the uniform. So, like, you're now immortalized in clay or whatever that is in a Bucks uniform. So that team has to hold a special place in your heart. Yes, it does. It's, it does, and it's our hometown team, right? Uh, being right. in Tampa, that's this is my home here, uh, along with LA. So oh my god, got the whole it. podcast! Can you just repeat <laughs> that line, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tampa is where I claim residence. So uh, ah! shout out to the No State Income Taxes. And I'm going to pretend here. it's for me and not for tax reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good, all good. And Whitney, yeah. I know you mentioned um, you becoming an agent, and that's big news. Uh, excited to hear about how that journey's been for you so far. Oh, Cam. I mean, (laughs) you know, one thing I appreciate about our dynamic is we both have experiences that we can bring to help the other one in different chapters of our lives. So, for example, you know, in my whole agent journey, um, you have had insight that's been really helpful to me. I didn't even know I was going to go through this process, but um, you've helped me tremendously through this through this whole adventure, I will call it. And you know, I mean, there was so much that I didn't know before becoming certified. And I think I really wanted to share some of these stories because I hope that they help open other people's eyes so that they, you know, I mean, I basically have a job where, you know, maybe there are about 30 women total who are female NFL agents. And 
when I have a question, like, I don't really know one other person that I'm close with that I can reach out to. Like, imagine having a job where you don't know one other person who's done it. And so you, mm-hmm. ha- it's like a black abyss. You have to figure it out completely on your own. So I've had to learn things the hard way, but I want to share them in hopes that it makes it easier for other people. So um, my first big awakening was after you're certified and you pay for the insurance and the fees, that basically to retain players like uh, who are coming out of college, agents are in charge of their training and living expenses leading up to the draft. Mm-hmm. That can be anywhere between twenty or $30,000. There is no regulation. Mm-hmm. There is no parity. There's no equity. So basically- Awakening, that's for exactly sure. <laughs> so basically, if you are the wealthiest person, you're able to buy the top clients. Those people become wealthier. So someone like me, who's trying to, you know, who basically has a second job while doing this, you know, I have social victories in the marketing side of things um, and helping clients build their brand. So I'm doing that. I'm moonlighting as an agent, you know, to try and just like, pay the bills in the first place, but I don't have that kind of money to spend on, you know, just one client. So I've either had to find people who are underdogs. I actually had someone at the Patriots, um, you know, recommend me to a client. So that was pretty cool and unexpected. And, you know, clients came from all these different places and I, you know, I'm so grateful that they believed in me and were willing to take a chance. And for some of them, you know, I did have to pay for some of their training, but it was, you know, less than that huge number. But I just couldn't believe that basically the only way to succeed is showing up with zillions of dollars, because that doesn't say anything about your skill or capability. So that was the first shock. Then the draft (laughs) (laughs) of many. Um, then, Then the draft comes around and if you know me, you know what you see is what you get. I'm a very honest person, like very pure. And um, I surround myself with people who are the same way. Like that is very important to me um, to be able to, um, you know, do things the right way and to make sure that I'm around people who I trust, who trust me and who are just healthy. We always talk about 0% toxicity in our lives. So I'd Mm -hmm. rather have a very small circle of really healthy people than have a large circle and sort of a mix. So, you know, I've prioritized being around honest, good people, and that's the metric that matters the most to me. So anyway, you know, I start going to, let me, just backtrack for a second, starting to go to some of these pro days, I had people say to one of my clients, are you still working with the girl agent? And I said, well, Mm. actually, um, when I passed the test, it just said agent, like I didn't, it didn't say anything specifically about a girl agent. Um, People say, what are you doing here? You know, pro days, like the same thing you are representing clients. Um, Awakening number two. That's that's not a great awakening either. Yeah. I had one scout. I mean, this job is hard enough. Anyone, any agent will tell you it's hard enough to get a client on the team. I had one scout from a team um, who was married, invite me back to his hotel room uh, after meeting him at a pro day. Yeah. And so like now he makes it awkward to talk to him about work because he's made me so uncomfortable. And then that same day I walked into the lunchroom of the facility where we were at and there were scouts from almost every team, all men sitting at a table together. And there was one female scout maybe two feet away at another table. Uh, She was the only female scout that I could see that was there that day. And she was sitting by herself and all those men, 20 plus were sitting together. No one thought to invite her, include her, go sit with her. So I went down, sat with her and you could tell she was so happy to have company. You don't have to explicitly, you know, uh, sexually harass or be mean to women for them to not feel included. Like there are just some simple, nice things that you can do. Um, so, you know, that was another experience I had. And then, um, you know, the draft comes around and I had 
of the six clients I was representing, I had teams reach out, multiple teams reach out to four of them the week leading up to the draft. So we thought we were going to have like a really great draft process. And then, and two of, I will say for two of the guys, I had one team say to me, we're either going to take your client in the seventh round or worst case scenario, we'll sign him as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, I heard that too. Yep. Not fun. No. And then we had another team that said we are 100% signing him as an undrafted free agent. So why would you use that if you didn't mean it? And I learned it's like they want to string you along. They want to get you excited in case they pick you. But I had no experience with this. Like, I didn't know I was in an industry where, like, everyone plays games and it's slimy and no one is honest and the bad guys win. And so, you know, basically as the draft was going on and my guys weren't getting picked, you know, these teams started calling and said, well, we went with someone else. Like then just don't say a hundred percent or don't say worst case scenario or, you know, whatever terminology say 75% or 50% or we're interested. You can still convey interest without having to, you know, make it seem like a sure thing. So, and then two of those guys went to mini camps, had great mini camps, all the things the team said they needed to work on. They did, you know, they couldn't have done any better. Like I got really positive feedback, but we're not signing your guys. And then I had another client who, uh, a six, seven tight end basketball player, but was transitioning to football. He had one team in particular say to him, you know, for a year, the minute you transition from basketball to football, we are going to sign you. Like we have been, you know, seeking after you for as long as we have been aware of you, you have perfect size, all the intangibles, we will teach you the football side of things. Well, he comes in for his workout, you know, supposed to be signing day. And they call me and say, yeah, we're not going to sign him. He like didn't have as many of the football skills. And it's like, well, of course he's been a basketball player and you told him you would teach him. So then on top of that, they write him and say, well, the reason you're surprised about this or disappointed is because your agent misled you. So I had only known him for a little bit of time. And, you know, these guys have all of the power. Like there was no reason they needed to throw me under the bus, but um, they did it just to take any, you know, wipe their hands clean of any responsibility Um, And I think it's just people feel like, well, you can tell they don't want women. They have their sort of frat like front offices and we're not going to make any progress until we have more women in those decision making, you know, in those decision making positions. And, you know, they just thought I, I didn't matter, you know, and and God bless my client who wrote back to them and said, no, Whitney has been honest with me. You were the ones who misled me. So he had my back and he stood up for me. And that was such a gift. But basically, you have three years uh, as an agent to sign a client to an active roster. I'm almost a year down and it hasn't happened yet. There's some hopeful things on the back burner that, um, you know, maybe some irons in the fire that maybe the next podcast I can update on, but nothing has happened as of yet. So that's how the saga has been. And, you know, I'm big on sharing the journey, even if there isn't a happy ending at this point. Wow. And so (laughs) it's been quite a process so far, it seems like. And so I know you said there's some things working in the background. I know training camp has started now. People go down. As you know, you broke some news in the Buccaneers practice. Their center's going down. It's, It's always the next person up in the NFL. That's always a saying there. And so, you know, of course, hoping that that happens for, for you and your clients in, in this season for the next draft, Whitney, what does that process look like? Like, how are you going to change things up? Like, are you going to get everything in writing? Like, what's that, that process so you, the disappointment doesn't hit as hard? Well, I think I just know how the industry works now. So I would mm-hmm. further prepare my clients and say, 
you know, instead of saying this team said X, Y, Z say this team said X, Y, Z, but it doesn't mean anything until, you know, you've signed on the dotted line until mm-hmm. they actually have called you or you you see your name that you're drafted, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, some of these guys will end up making it from this year and, you know, hopefully that leads to, you know, better players next year, or it's just another year in the game where my reputation has gotten out there and word of mouth has spread. And, you know, people who are interested in doing things the right way or want to build their brand, see the value in what I bring to the table and I can sign with those guys. I mean, you just have to keep working it until it hits, you know, and keep trying to listen to the podcast too and hear the story and understand like, Hey, it's not peaches and roses. Listen to this one clip in this podcast and understand what the game is really like, just so you don't have to repeat yourself. But yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, um, you know, luckily you never know where the next opportunity is coming from. And there've been some rumbles that, you know, maybe as some guys who are already in the league, their contracts are coming up that they're possibly interested in coming my way because I do the right things. They say, you know, most agents are jerks and they don't really, you know, trust anyone and you know the the players don't really trust that the agents will look out for their you know best interests and they want someone who's honest so basically what made me feel like I didn't fit in as the draft went along um, might be you know helpful to me um, you know as uh, word spreads about you know what people are looking for and, and what I'm capable of offering and I think um, it's I've a also- big relationship business too Whitney it's a big relationship business as you know and so like you mentioned, the rep and the <clears throat> the type of people that you work with, even on the brand side, before you became an agent, um, those names uh, go far in the halls of uh, the corporate life. For an example, you know, working at Visa, hearing Brandon Copeland's name rumble around a lot of the times has been pretty awesome. And so you align yourselves with the right people. And I do believe uh, with you building your relationships that this next go round that People are going to come to you and say, hey, I need someone who's authentic, like you said, someone who's real and someone who's going to really stand on the table for me. And uh, they can look back at our recent podcast because I've, I've attested to that. You stood on the table for me, not only in business, but in life. So I, I appreciate you for that yeah. as well. Well, and I'll say, too, um, after the draft came and went, I mean, I just remember being at rock bottom because you, you know, imagine the worst case scenario, but I'm a pretty positive person. So you don't think that it's actually going to happen. And I walked away with $0 and zero clients. And I'm like, how am I even going to pay my bills or start to build back up? Cause you need the money you make the year before to help with, you know, finding clients for the next year. And I think at this point, the lesson I can really say is that, you know, I, part of the reason I wanted to leave is because, you know, I'm, I don't belong in this industry with all these slimy people who don't tell the truth, who don't do the right thing. Like I wanted to run away because those are not my people. And I think that now the opportunities that are I'm hearing about are the irons in the fire, like people are coming to me because of those values. Um, And I think it could end up being an even bigger win um, in the long run because of, you know, me doing things the right way. So I think it's just really important and a reminder to stay true to yourself, even if the results don't happen right away, like they tend to work out down the road. And, you know, I, I know also, so I'll keep everyone, you know, updated on the journey. But one thing that, you know, you and I have been talking about a lot is, uh, which I I don't think is really discussed is sort of the, you know, relationships, you know, romantic relationships throughout the NFL. Like, what is it like in the locker room? 
What is it like, um, you know, because now you're in this stage after football and you have to plan for life in the future. And I just think these are things that are not talked about. So I've been super interested in hearing your advice. And I think it'd be great if you, you know, share it with everyone else. And we talk about the ANSES, A-N-C-E-S, so romance and finance. So take it away. Yeah, yeah. So the ANSES, when you talk about romance uh, while playing sport and then when you retire from sport, uh, and they're they're very interesting, a uh, very interesting dynamic because when you do play, especially for myself as a young man who's stepping into the NFL, you know, uh, even in college, I, I was able to witness, you know, when it comes to romance, <laughs> the women that are in your life for the football, for those finances, right? Or you know, what does that look like? And so, a lot of times, you know, as athletes, when we date, it's tough to pick the right one. And so, for me, what I focused on was. Um, was also the finance part as well. I wanted someone in my life that knew how to balance that, right? And so, for example, me and my partner now, we're actually working um, with a financial advisor. We're going to be working on picking a financial advisor to make sure that our romance can, can continue to travel and to grow because uh, we looked at it um, as we as we talked to coaches uh, for our relationship and for our finances. We realized that finances is, is a big piece um, to relationships, it can either make or break a relationship, of course, family and everything like that. And so what I worked on while I was playing was continuing to foster the relationships between my family and, and friends while I was playing and also in my romance. So I met E um, when I was with the Rams. So that was like in 2015. And so we were in St. Louis. We were making our trip to L.A. And I met her um, actually on a, on, a, on a field as well. She played soccer that day. Uh, for for co-ed league and, and crushed it. And so we, that's where our romance started. And so then, you know, moving forward, uh, she was with me throughout most of my uh, NFL career. And we're getting to the point now where it's like, okay, we want to take some of those next steps. And so what is our relationship? Let's reflect on our own relationship. Uh, let's find a coach for our own relationship. And then also a coach for our finances as well. So I think my, that t- the takeaway for young athletes that are stepping into romance and more finances is to find a coach for both of those things. Uh, we find a coach for, for weight training and weight lifting. We also need to find a coach for romance, whether that be a therapist to work through a couple's therapist to work through things, or whether it's a financial advisor to work through things. <laughs> they both provide therapy in their own way. So it's been quite a journey with me. Yeah. And I had a couple of follow-up questions to some things that you said. So let's start out when picking a partner, because that's that person becomes super important in your life. What, how do you know who's in your life for the right reasons? And what are the signs of someone who's maybe, you know, in it because they want the fame or the money? So how do you differentiate? Yeah, one thing that, that I focused on was time. Time is going to tell for me. And when, when it comes to time, will is paying attention throughout that time of words. People, can t- people will tell you who they are through words. So really, I took my time and just listened, right? Things that friends and things that family um gave E praise about. Uh, I focus on those things and things that they joked about as well, right? It's a lot of times jokes have some truths and some lies to them as well. So I made I made sure I paid attention to all those things. And what I found out really quick was that she was built like me, uh, just personal great character, um, a lot of love, a lot of energy, um, loves her family as well. And so um, I, I matched up some of my the character traits that I believe in and that I would want in a partner. And she matched those things quickly. So um, like I said, listening and time uh, helped out a lot for me. 
And what would you say? I mean, you talked about a lot of the similarities, which are fundamental and important. What do you think the things are that make you guys balance each other out that are different? Yeah. So it's funny because as we do talk to, you know, the financial advisor, we figure out what type of personality we have when it comes to finances. Uh, e mentioned the other day, uh, she's in the crypto space right right now. And so that's, that's, that's uncertain. That's volatile. And I realized that for me, I'm more of a conservative, you know, I, I'm working at the corporate company and like making sure that I have every, all my ducks in a row. And so we just figured out that she, she likes risk. She likes to take, so take, take that risk. And I like to take risk as well, but I want to make sure it's educated and make sure that time is, is spent to think about it and go through it, make sure I have counsel. So we realize that our personalities, we can balance each other out on that because when it comes to finances, I, I'm, I'm reading in this book uh, by Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad. And, um, uh, cash flow quadrants is that no risk and no biscuit when it comes to finances. And so to win big, you have to bet big and so invest big. And so that's what we're focused on right now is just the educational piece on it and understanding our personalities within it. So it's, it's been quite a, quite a journey with me. Yeah. So you're more methodical and maybe she's more kind of go for it and YOLO and let's just go have the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that our, our financial advisor, um, he mentions what is having crystal clear, um, opportunities. And so making sure that, you know, if there is that impulse where like, oh, we really want this, making sure yeah. that it's crystal clear that we've had that communication uh, and we move forward with that. So uh, the relationship with uh, the romance and the finances, they're both climbing up. Awesome. Us. Well, I'm happy to hear that. And last question as we uh, come to a close. So in terms of finances, as you've gone through this process, because obviously money is just usually talked about as a whole. What have been some of the specific details or some of the things that um, you've been made aware of or that you want people to know about the finance journey as you're planning for a life with E and after football? Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. It's, there was in the book Cashflow Quadrants by Robert Kiyosaki, you mentioned the difference between of the rich and the poor, what they what they do in their downtime, right? So I have the nine to five, and so now my thing is to get educated in the space. So, for example, Brandon Copeland, he does a great job when it comes to finances. He teaches at UPenn Life One One, and so this these past couple of weeks, I've been reaching out to him, saying, "Hey, like, what are you doing over here? You know, like, what does that look like for you? Because this is something I want to get into." And so now in my off time. You know, usually I'm creating content more, or I'm broadcasting, I'm doing something. My focus now is with financial literacy, right? And the relationships within finances. So that's that's my journey right now is understanding what that looks like. So that's my advice to people is have a conversation with people and be intentional about what you want to get done. Right. And I think with any issue, it's not going to fix itself. So we always talk about some of the core principles and over communication. I mean, you guys are doing the work now. You are seeking the advisors and the people who are experts in these fields to make sure that you're making smart decisions. You're not rushing anything like everything has, you know, and even my parents said to me the other day, like that, how much they love E and that like, you know, she's a real catch and that like we, you know, everyone who knows you is just so supportive of this relationship. And you, I remember the first time I was like, I just met the female version of Cam. Like it's just the perfect person, but love isn't enough. Right. So you guys are doing the hard work. And I think that is the lesson here is that you're not jumping into anything. You're not making a knee jerk reaction. 
every step of the way you have been smart and businesslike with your relationship um, while keeping the romance going and making each other happy. And I think, you know, that is the key is just, you know, making sure all your ducks are in a row before you make any big decisions. And that advice, I think, is going to help so many people. Most definitely. Whitney, where would you say your love meter is, your romance meter is with football right now? Where, where is that at when it comes to being an agent, um, loving football? Like, how has that shifted just your relationship with the game? Like I said, becoming an agent and uh, enjoying the sport. Do you know what's um, been super interesting? And I really feel like I can only answer that in one way is that I have had to um, sort of divide uh, how I look at football in my brain compartmentalize. So I have part of me that has is loves football as much as I have ever loved it. And I'm still the diehard fan. I still have my team. I'm still ecstatic. Tom Brady is a Buccaneer. I'm still Bucks, you know, until I die that it, the fandom and the passion in me has not changed. But I think what I've been most surprised about is that um, or disappointed in is that some of the people behind the teams, the business side is the opposite of how I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's been so disappointing. I mean, some teams have been amazing and I, you know, happy in the next episode to list out some of the, you know, teams that have been extraordinary to me. It's a lot of the ones I wouldn't have expected. And then other ones I would have expected have treated me terribly and don't care and think I'm nothing, you know, and I just have to ultimately prove them wrong. And hopefully one day they'll come back saying, you know, now you have someone we want to sign. And, you know, I didn't forget how I was treated, you know, things have a way of coming back around. So in order for me to do my job properly and advise my clients and look out for them, like I would my own family and to, you know, remember my why of, of getting into this business and, you know, how much I love sports, I've had to compartmentalize and on game days. And when there's football stuff, I still look at it as a fan in the business side of things I just look at it how everyone does when they go to work which you're you're not you know it's it's the distraction from sports and sports is the distraction from work yeah well Whitney um as you wrote in the book your first book you are the first you and I'm excited for the second one because I do think this is going to turn around for you and so thank you thank you for sharing the story on energy captains I'm excited for people to listen and learn uh, yeah same with you and we'll keep keep people posted on our journeys awesome all right